behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Minnesota sports fans, Minnesota Vikings fans, it is time. Football is here. The preseason is over with. And there has been so much that has <laughs> happened today. Yes, we're going to talk twins. Yes, we're going to talk some some soccer. But we got to start with football, guys, because oh. it's been a very, very interesting day, to say the least. The voice you hear right now, Artis Woods. I'm here with my guys, AJ Fredrickson and Jason Stormer. Guys, how y'all feeling? How you doing? It's been, a, it's been an interesting day. It's a perfect day for a podcast, isn't it? What I a agree. whirlwind. So your boy here works overnight shifts and sometimes has to take naps during the day. But every now and then, though, you know, your phone goes off and stuff like that. You get a little bit distracted and you can't fall back asleep. That was the case today because there were so many moves. Look, I know it's cut day. This is kind of standard for a lot of the NFL. And there was a lot more drama throughout the day beyond just the Vikings But frankly, guys, I don't remember a cut day this dramatic Um, as a Vikings fan in a long time. I really don't. And it has to do with really the A topic, the third round picks in last year's draft. They're they're all gone. Kellen Mond waved. Wyatt Davis, I believed he was also waved. Chaz Surratt, I think he was also waved, too. I know there's a difference between cut and waved. I, I mean, look, I think... It was probably trending that way in the first place. I mean, I think we have to be pretty honest with ourselves. We weren't getting a lot out of Chaz Surratt. We definitely weren't getting a lot out of Wyatt Davis either. Uh, The Kellen Mond thing, I'll throw this up to you guys. How surprised were you about Kellen Mond? I know there's still a chance that he's going to be on the practice squad, but I really thought that it was mostly in the bag for him to be QB3 and that Mannion would be the first guy gone. But no, it was actually Mond who was the first guy gone. I know Mannion was eventually cut later, but I was kind of surprised. What about you guys? Wait. Wait, what, 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 wait, what, what, what? I have to pause the sports talk for a second because we haven't introduced AJ. Oh my God, oh my God. AJ is oh here. God. Oh my AJ God. AJ is here. Oh my God. And he AJ. almost, he almost AJ. couldn't make it today because AJ oh. has been working oh. hard during oh, I'm so sorry. Minnesota State Fair. I just went right into it, dude. I'm, I'm so hey, li- sorry. Listen, listen, Vikings fans, so it's so- been an exciting oh, day. Oh, my God. We, no, I feel was, so bad right now. We, was, we couldn't help but jump right in. But, AJ, go, oh, take it away, man. Take you, it away. No, you had your hands up, hey, too. And oh my. Hey, happy to, happy to be here. <laughs> Muting my mic. That was, I'll tell you why that was perfect. Because as, as you could, like, go from the trans, You saw the transition. I think both of us did from, like... <laughs> Hey, I'm Jason Stormer into let's talk about it. I just saw your face go like, wait, is he just going to keep going? (laughs) I was trying to give him hints and clues and like, yo, slow, slow down. It's been an exciting day, but let's slow down. We got to ease our way into this. We got to introduce everybody, you know, I like it. I like it. Yeah, no, I was, I uh, almost wasn't able to be here. Uh, I've been working the fair for uh, good old Hubbard. Um, So come on down. I actually, funny story before we get it, before we get into it. Yeah, I we got complimented at the fair. Okay, so, um, I've had uh, it, so I'm working the Garage Logic booth for Hubbard this week, um, and I guess the two weeks that the fair is going on, and I've gotten a, a lot actually of hey, you know, Score North, like where where's that, where are they at, and with uh, Judd's appendectomy and Phil 
falling ill and everything like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, wasn't in the cards this year, but uh, yeah. they're looking for North merch and we will have, it sounds like another round of online merch here coming in the fall. Uh, but we've gotten a lot of, Hey, you know, and they love the show, long time listener, all that stuff. But I was telling somebody because uh, Declan and the the crew for the Before I Die podcast, it was actually no no Thor, but it was Jesse Pierce and uh, Ross Brendel filling in with Declan for an impromptu on the Hubbard Day, I believe that was on Friday. Um, but I'm talking to the guy, I'm like, yeah, you know, they're, they're doing this over there, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know why he goes, are you AJ? I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, God, I've been loving the taxi squad so far. You are <laughs> Jason. I'll kill it. I love it. I can't wait That's for it every week. So I, I, that was the first time I think I've ever had something like that. So yeah, guys, we're, there you go. And uh, and to think, Jason almost didn't let me tell that story. Oh hmm. man, Jason, how could you, Jason? How could you? Oh, oh my, my gosh! But, no, well, I, uh, I'm, I'm happy. I don't want to say here. anything. I, I, I don't want to say anything more. I'm sorry. I'm, I don't want to speak for the rest of this podcast. I feel. No, well, no, I, I think it's well, good you should. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I should. You're right. Are you? Kidding, you're I'm absolutely kidding. right. I totally just ran over my co-host who I love and adore. And it's just, oh, God, I'm so I, sorry. I think it's all the fun. That shows just how good of a day it is for Minnesota sports and the topics because you were so giddy to jump into it. You just steam steamrolled over one third of the show, and which you is deserve totally, more respect than I'm that. Totally you deserve more respect I'm than totally that. I'm totally fine with it because there is a lot to talk about. But now that we got my uh, introduction and mid mini story out of the way, I'll, let's go back into it. You want to f- pose that question one more time? <laughs> is, is it okay? Are you guys okay with that? Oh, yeah, 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 okay, 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 all right. You're forgiven. I've head first, right back into the deep. <laughs> How surprised were you guys that Kellen Mond was the first one to be waived or cut as opposed to Sean Mannion? I'm done talking now. Go ahead. Okay. All right. <laughs> you you got it, AJ? You want me to take no, it? No, 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 no. I'll let you take this. I'll let, I'll okay, hear, okay, I'll okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, to be honest with you guys, uh, I was shocked. I was shocked. Um, I was shocked that both of them were cut. I thought for sure Sean Mannion will be cut. Um, he hasn't looked the greatest. I've said before, he's not good. Um, he's actually bad for a backup quarterback, in my opinion. Um, so I kind of expected him to get cut after we made a move for a backup quarterback this, this past week. Um, man, I felt like we gave up a little too soon. I felt like we gave up just a little too soon. I know he has not looked the best. I know he, after the first preseason, uh, preseason game has been downhill since then. I, I can admit again, I, I jumped on the on the bandwagon a little too soon, and I'm kind of retracting it all. But I still feel like he would have been decent in a QB3 role. I still feel like he could have been decent on the practice squad, um, somebody to practice against, somebody to um, kind of mentor and bring up within this offense, somebody that could eventually be worked into taking the quarterback one position later on, potentially, maybe. Um, so I was, I, I was shocked, and I must admit, guys, I was a little hurt. <laughs> I was a little hurt. I was like, "Wow!" Like they, they just, just, just like that. And and it lead it leads me to believe, and this may be way off topic, but Mike Zimmer might have been right. I saw Phil tweet this earlier today. Shout out to him. He might have been right. He saw what he needed to see already, as far as him getting more playing time. I mean, he didn't look good last season. He hasn't looked good this year, and I, I. I, I hate to say it, but it looks like it was just time to make that decision. It was time to make that move, guys. I'm very interested. And again, this is, again, a little off topic. 
Very interested to see, not to fast forward through the season, what we do on draft day this upcoming year, though, if yeah, we draft like, another quarterback. It's never. It's a deep, never it's a deep draft. It's, an, and it's draft. a very deep draft in quarterbacks. We don't know what our, we don't know exactly how it's going to set up and who may fall, who may who may be there. But if there's a decent quarterback there to be taken when we draft, I'm very interested to see if we take that we take that plunge on a quarterback because I'm not sure if Kirk Cousins is going to be the extended quarterback for the long haul. I don't believe he will. In all honesty, I think they'll look to move away from him at some point, and I'll be interested to see what they do. But going back to the point, I was shocked, and um, I don't know if they – I think they let go of mine a little too early, hmm. even though he hasn't looked the best. Mm-hmm. I don't think Age. he – I don't think he's going to just go up, like, to be the castaway. I'm, there's there's backup openings in the league, and I'm sure a team's going to – it's the uh, it's the classical, like, Degrassi, like, I can fix him. Like you, yeah. the guy with yeah. the you know the the dirt bag biker with the leather jacket. He's under the bleachers smoking a cigarette in the the four <laughs> GPA girl carrying her books ponytail with the glasses. Like oh, Troy, I can I can fix him. Troy. Some GM out there is like I can fix Kellen Mond. So they're gonna sign him, and they're gonna probably see that Mike Zimmer and Quasi were spot on with this decision. But back to your question, I am a little shocked. Um, I did anticipate he was the, hey, we're going to cut you because we have to, or like wave you because we have to, but we want you on the pack practice squad because we still see you're you're the flower that hasn't blossomed yet, and we're going to just work out the kinks. But to say, not nope, we're, we're done. We are already done with you. Sean Mannion is going to the practice squad, hopefully. Um, that's interesting. And also, I think Sean Mannion gets picked up. I think there's a higher than better chance that both those guys – get picked up by other other franchises yeah i'm i'm definitely shocked by the move too uh, and again there is still a chance that he is going to be on the practice squad so but the likelihood that he'll not get claimed through waivers i think is pretty low like you guys said i think somebody will take a chance on him who that is we'll see um i don't know really how many more chances Manion will get to be honest with you um, cause again, we, we have plenty of criticisms of Mond as is, and we have plenty of justifications that this was the right move for the Vikings. But again, Mannion didn't play astronomically better than Kellen Mond. In fact, in this last preseason game, Mond posted a 67.3 PFF score and Mannion posted a 32.5. Yep. Like, I don't know how many more chances Mannion's going to get now. I mean, from all indications, I mean, Manion's been on this team for several years now. I believe he's been the backup QB since 2019. I believe it went from Case into Trevor Simeon. Uh, yeah, Trevor Simeon into pretty much Sean Manion this whole time. There's obviously some kind of value, even if it's not on the field, there's a locker room value to this guy. And so as I'm sitting here right now, I think it's more than likely that either Kellen Mond or Sean Mannion will be on the practice squad. One of those two guys, as opposed to, you know, some kind of slappy coming in, maybe an undrafted guy or another guy that just got cut. I know the list is super long for a bunch of teams today. Um, so I don't really know like who the betting favorite would be to be on the practice squad. I personally want that to be Kellen Mond because like you artists, I'm not quite ready to give up on him yet. Yeah. Um, even though, man, and yes, he did, I'm sure like the PFF score maybe looked generous, but we've talked about the eye test with Kellen Mond a ton too. 
the eye test against the Broncos was not good. Um, he didn't turn over the ball, um, but he took four sacks. And yeah. I know that the offensive line was really just letting those Denver Broncos in a lot, but still there seems to just be an awareness that we've talked about that he's lacking decision-making skills. And in terms of just the pocket of present pocket presence that we've definitely talked about with him, I mean, it was pretty much non-existent against the Broncos. Um, so even though, you know, the completion percentage is decent, 10 of 17, 102 yards, um, and that again, that 67 PFF score, eh, it's just still wasn't enough for him to make the 53, obviously. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with these waivers. I'd want him back. I'd want one more year of development on that practice squad. One year of KOC TLC. <laughs> I want that for him. I really yeah. want that for him. Um, but if this front office and this coaching staff has decided no, that's enough, then I got to trust their decision making here. And especially because Kellen Mond isn't their guy. These third round picks that they cut, they weren't their guys. And so I guess I'm not really surprised that, um, maybe this front office has been more willing to let these guys go, but still, still a shocking move. We'll see who the practice guy. uh, the practice squad QB will be. I do hope it's Kellen Mond, though. I just don't know if he's going to clear waivers. I think somebody will scoop him up. Really do. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, we'll see. I've, I, I still, and I always bring this up because I feel like it's pivotal in today's game. The mobility that Kellen Mond possesses, I feel like, is, you know, it's it's the wave that the league is moving in. Even the best quarterbacks in the league can move and throw on the run mm-hmm. from, you know, Mahomes to Josh Allen. Um, uh, I was about to say Deshaun Watson, but him too. I don't want to bring his name up, but him too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Russell Wilson. You know, a lot of the guys that are are at the top of the game can they can move around in the pocket. They can mm-hmm. move around outside of the pocket. And I just think he'd be a good guy to practice against. You know, for example, they play Philadelphia week two. <laughs> I would want to practice practice against a guy like Kellen Mod, somebody who could probably run a little read option offense, mm-hmm. just to get a feel for how are we gonna attack Jalen Hurts and his mobility. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe maybe I'm just a fool in thinking like that, but I would want some at least one quarterback on my roster where I could throw him out there during practice and say, okay, let's game plan to beat this quarterback this way. And Kellen Mott, the way he plays, that's that's going to help us. His 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 mobility in practice will help us game plan for that specific opponent. I mean, how do you guys feel about that? AJ, go ahead. No, I'll let you take this one. Um, yeah, uh, it's the way of the quarterback. It's the way it's going these days. I mean, you got your guy, Jalen Hurts. The Eagles are fully invested in that. And, you know, from what I understood, you know, I mean, sure, he's he's definitely declined a bit. But Carson Wentz wasn't the most immobile guy either, from what I remember. He so, can move a little. He, could definitely he can move, move a little. A little. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, you know, not like Kirk Cousins, who's mm-hmm. almost statuesque. But there was, there was a little before, like, the knees started having problems with Carson Wentz and everything like that. So it, it's the way. But again, we can't lose sight that just because that's the way the NFL is trending means that this guy who plays that style is actually going to work out. Yeah, you know what true. I mean? I'm just saying from the purposes of just practicing against that style of play. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just my mindset. Like, it'll yeah. be nice to have somebody in camp or in practice that you could practice against. And mm-hmm. be like, okay, we can not to say Kellen Mott is as good as these mobile quarterbacks in the, in the league right now that are mm-hmm. starting caliber quarterbacks, but... It would just be nice to play against a guy with a similar play style so that when you see it in the game, it's not like, oh, crap, we don't know what to do with this. How, mm-hmm. how can we stop this? At least we practice against this type of style somewhat. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I don't know. That's just where my head is with it. But I mean, hey, 
I, I guess they did what they had to do, man. I'm still hurt. I'm just I'm just <laughs> hurt about it. I'm looking Minnesota sports fans. I'm looking for anything to grasp onto. Yeah, and and it's, and it's honestly anything it's, to help me say they should have held on to Kellen Mott. I yeah. know he took four sacks. I know he didn't look the best, but I I had hope. I had hope. Mm-hmm. I yeah. had hope for and not for another team for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. You know, because he how salty would we be if he goes somewhere he gets that development that development and he excels. This is true. And Minnesota sports fans love to watch former players from a distance. It's. It honestly started with David Ortiz. It really did. When he went to the Red Sox and became a Hall of Famer, that's when I think the the microscope really, most Minnesotans got that out and started looking like, hey, man, this could happen again someday or something like that. Yeah. It, that's a symptom that we've been dealing with for for, for a long time. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I would, I, I'm, I'm with you, Artis. I would, I would have just, I, for, you make a really good point because I like how you frame it just like, yeah, it's good to have somebody in there that actually is, you know, up to date with the current NFL quarterback play style. Maybe there's another guy out there, though. You know, maybe True. there's something else because you still want that guy to challenge anybody else in the practice squad. And if, you know, I mean, Kellen Mond was playing against second and third teamers pretty much the whole time in this preseason. That's what he's going to be doing if he has a practice, if he's a practice squad guy. And, if he couldn't show out enough in the preseason, really, I mean, could we expect him to show out continually in practice squad? I, I don't know. I, I would have, but I'm with you. I would have, I would have liked, I'd like to see it. Yeah. I'd like to see it Yeah. for one year, for one year. If it doesn't go well, that's fine. But, but again, he's, he's not their guy. Wyatt Davis wasn't their guy. Chester wasn't their guy. It's just, I kind of like it if this front office is knows when to cut their losses. You know what I mean? If yeah. they just realize, okay, that's the end of this, then we're not going to delay the inevitable. I, I want to see, and I, we talked about this last show, not if the season is here. <laughs> I want to see how short that leash is with Bradbury. I got to see it. Yep. How short is that leash going to be? Now, now I'm really like, okay. How short is that leash gonna be? Yeah. Because and and yeah, when we can, I'm giving them, and I hate, I don't want to be this guy, but I think the Vikings can be a playoff team this year. I think the Vikings, with a new improved offense, can make a playoff run this year. I think they could be a sleeper team this year to really make some noise. I'm giving Bradbury one week, one one week, one one wow, one. One That's, week. You might have the shortest leash of them all, my friend. I'm giving them. I'm giving. We saw them all last season. I'm giving. Three We've seen quarters. them all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, for real though, like two drives. And I know, and I know, a lot of fans feel the same way. Like we've, we've, I feel like we've seen what we need to see, and it's a great test for him to go up against that Packers defensive line, that defensive front. So I, I'm, I'm going to give him one week. That first week, let's see how he looks. If he doesn't look good and he's a part of the issue with the offense, if he plays well, okay, cool, we're fine. <laughs> but if he doesn't and he's a big part of the issue and, and he's in the, the lap of Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins is getting hit left and right, I don't want to see the backup quarterback out there anytime soon. I don't want Kirk to get hurt, and I don't want this offense to be stagnant. Mm-hmm. I'm cutting my losses, at least sitting them on the bench. I'm, I'm making some kind of move because I, I already feel like a move should have been made. Because yeah. I know we've we've seen what we needed to see in training camp and all of last year, so I had I, to bring that name up again. But that's just no, how I feel. Like he's it. your guy. He's your guy. I like I like that though. I I'm I would love it if KOC and especially Quasi were firm, harsh, swift with their decisions. 
because like them coming in and taking over this Vikings franchise is essentially like they just bought a house. Mm-hmm. But the problem is the owners before was an elderly couple who's been there since the sixties. So there's shag carpeting. There's terrible wallpaper, just tacky knickknacks everywhere, but they have to like in the furniture's out of date. What they <laughs> there's need plastic is, on there's it. A, there's a couple <laughs> nice things. There's a couple nice things for sure in this team. But they go piece by piece. You know, we're going to repaint the walls. All right, next, the light fixtures. All right, next, let's get a new sofa in here. There's some things that you're going to maybe test out. Garrett Bradbury is one of those. But you're not going to you're not going to deal with that squeaky chair forever. You're going to see how as soon as that thing gets on your nerves, kick it to the curb. Get it out of here. Get a new lazy boy in here because you oh, you need to yeah. recline and relax because that's what Vikings fans deserve. They deserve to be able to sit down on the couch on Sunday afternoons, preferably oh. in a non-primetime day- game for Kirk Cousins, <laughs> and watch the team put up a minimum of 28 points yeah. in the defense to limit the opposition to maybe, let's say, 17 to 21 at the very most, mm-hmm. you know, on a nice day. Um, and you know, maybe it's maybe it's an exciting game for the first half, but then there's never a doubt from the kickoff of the second half. They're going to win that game. This is a t- like when they when they when they face the Bears, I mm-hmm. want them to blow them out. Can they do that with that squeaky chair in the living room? No, maybe not. But you're gonna have to test it out because sometimes the new regime maybe they just got to put a little little grease on the hinges. You're going to get rid of that squeak, and that thing is just as comfortable as the day they bought it in 1982. So, <laughs> Hell I have to I have to point this out. AJ, man, your your analogies, bro, on point. On point. Every show, they are on point. Even after a long day at the fair, AJ's still man, bringing it, man. He brings them, bro. I just, I huh. just have to point that out. Go ahead. You I go would have to take, day. like, five days to come up with any type of similar analogy. <laughs> I really, I don't have the... Did you just come up with that, like, in, I like, two t- seconds, too? It's, 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 it's on the spot, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, like, this is what I do. Yeah, this is what I do. This is what it, yeah. Major See, Ferguson, I, I, deal with it. It's so weird, and not to get like out topic away from sports, but I feel like eh. everybody's got that like that thing, it, and it's not a very useless stat. Like I have two things I'm really good at. I feel like it's analogies and 1700s pirates trivia. Those are my mm. two things, and okay. both of them are not super useful. But some people, it's like you know they they know like medical procedures. I just can't. Yeah, do they're that. doctors, lawyers. Yeah. We're like Heimlich, talking about sports. Or, you know, is is the Heimlich a maneuver or a city in Germany? I'm not sure. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it's just been an absolute whirlwind all day today. I mean, we can start getting into the other third round picks that got cut today. Wyatt Davis. I mean, I'm I think that was pretty much inevitable. Yeah, um, we saw we saw that one coming. Yeah. Yeah, and right on the wall. Writing was on the wall for that one for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh Chaz Surratt too. I honestly forgot he was a third round pick, but he has been pretty much nondescript in two seasons as well. Um, some other notable moves. Uh, uh New punter, too. Uh, Ryan Wright, I believe, is our new punter's name. I know the last name is Wright, too. And he wears number 66, which is kind of a cool punter number because now all these NFL players can wear whatever numbers they want. It's great. I can't wait for, like, the first quarterback to wear, like, I don't know, 73 or something (laughs) like that. Actually, there might be, like, mild restrictions, mild restrictions, but come on, like... Tom Brady were in 73. Let's make that happen. Uh, some other guys, too. Uh, well, actually, I want to talk about the punter situation, too, because 
man, it's just every year with these Minnesota Vikings, man. And I guess we're seeing that with this new regime as well. And again, Jordan Berry was a um, carryover from the previous regime. A new punter every single year, it just feels like. Now we got this right kid. He's undrafted. He had a really, really, really good punt in the Broncos game, enough mm-hmm. where KOC actually shouted him out in the press conference. Sure, a reporter asked him about it, but KOC was pretty much gushing about it. And they made that move uh, before um, the game, too, I believe. I, I believe they, that was a supplemental move that they made before the game as well. Um, but I, I just, I really hope... I really hope, guys, that we have finally found our guy. Yeah. Because really, AJ, maybe you can help me out with this man. Has like a Vikings punter, it, like since Chris Cluey, been tenured longer than him? I feel like ever since Chris Cluey, it's been him. like two seasons of a punter and then they move on to the next guy. I'm going to have to look this up, but the I really hope we I finally found our guy. Like, the last one I can remember that was like multi year. I think it was Britton Colquitt. Yeah, he he made a couple years for sure. I think sure. it was yeah. two guaranteed. It could have been three. Um, I'm a bit. I like. I don't know a whole lot about him because it's the punter. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> right. But I'm a big. I will say for not knowing a whole lot, I was rooting for him because he is he's a thick guy. I love a thick punter. <laughs> thick he, punter. He's gonna boot that ball 80 yards in the air, no issue. Coffin corner. Um, I have all the faith in him. And if for some reason. The rest of the special teams can't get the job done. He's throwing the weight around and he's knocking yeah. that sucker loose. So, right. um, big, good, big congrats to Ryan Wright for uh, winning the job there. Um, we'll have to see how he does come week one. But, uh, but yeah, you know, he, he, when you got Pat McAfee raving about you on Twitter, you're doing something. There right. you go. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been impressive, impressive enough to earn that spot. And, you know, shout out to Greg Joseph, too. He's been looking really good, you know, in training camp this year, you know. So hopefully the kicking in general is great this year. Like the history, we like Jason has brought up, the history has been a little rough when it comes to kicking, punting, field goals, all of that. So let's just hope special teams when it comes to kicking in general is on point this year. I think it'll be fine. I think mm-hmm. it'll be I think we're good. Hopefully we have our kicker and our punter for the next few years. One thing that was a little bit encouraging as well was it looked like Amir Smith Marset uh was able to lock down that uh, punt returning a little bit more. No mm. issues whatsoever, no flubs of any kind, no fumbles or any, no bobbles, anything like that. He he locked that down. I don't remember how many opportunities he got, but that was definitely one of my concerns after the Niners game because he had a couple that was a, it was a massive issue. And I remember you, artists making a huge point of emphasis of how important in terms of field position the punt game is. But yeah, here's here's like the names of all the punters since Chris Cluey. Chris Cluey was the Vikings punter from 05 to 2012. Good seven, eight-year run right there, right? Mm-hmm. Jeff Locke for three years, Ryan Quigley for one year, Matt Weil for one year, Brayton Colquitt for two years, Jordan Berry for, I think, just one year now, and now we're on to the next guy. It, it's been a revolving door pretty much for 10 years at the punter position for the Minnesota Vikings. And I think a lot of people focus on the kicking game. That's been a little bit of a revolving door, too. Um, I think we're all really hopeful about Greg Joseph. He's been great at camp. He's been great in the preseason. Um, but, you know, we had kicking issues before that with Dan Bailey, with um, Blair Walsh, obviously. Kai Forbath was actually pretty decent. Um, mm-hmm. He actually had a really clutch kick in that Saints game in the playoffs before the Minneapolis Miracle. So as much as a lot of Vikings fans, and rightfully so, I mean, we've been haunted by kicks for our pretty much entire lifetimes, 98, 2015. 
it happens, man. But I think a lot of people have just focused more on that the last 10 years as opposed to, yeah, well, the the punting situation hasn't been much better. It's been just as much of a revolving door. And hopefully this is the guy. I know he's undrafted. If he makes anything out of his career, it'll be awesome because he's an undrafted guy. And I know that's mostly where you find punters these days. Wasn't there a guy that was drafted in like, oh, no, it wasn't like Kari Vedvik drafted in like the fifth round or something like that. And then the Vikings traded for him, and that was a complete disaster. I think he's like kicking in the CFL now, so awesome. so good for him. So, yeah, let's hope that this is the guy. Really hope it is. So You guys want yeah. to talk about a little more flashy of a position than punter real quick? Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> yeah, God, go, no. Go I ahead. waited all day for this, but okay. I that. Go ahead. Um, with the unfortunate news surfacing a couple days ago with BC Johnson being ruled mm-hmm. out after an ACL injury, um, what do you think about the Vikings maybe going out and picking up Tyler Johnson? Cut yeah. by the yeah. Buccaneers. Do you want to bring the Minnesota boy back home? Because I do. I would like to see. Not that I don't trust Jalen uh, Naylor or um, who would be the other one here. Uh, or uh, uh, Marset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what what if you bring Tyler Johnson into the fold? What do you think about that? Well, um, I think actually, I think from a national perspective, I think Tyler Johnson being cut was one of the more shocking moves of the day. Definitely. Um, he showed definitely. I mean, he was he helped get them to a Super Bowl. He really did. He was pretty. He was a pretty integral. He made some big catches in those playoff games. Uh, him and um, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, I, man, I'd be, yeah, right away that finger, AJ. Uh, I would be totally down. Um, I guess Jalen Naylor would be the odd man out in that situation, unless you kept six receivers and you found somebody else to kick off the 53. Um, I'm, I'm guess I'm guessing he got waived. He didn't get outright cut. So he will go through waivers. So I don't know what the Vikings priority would be in a situation for Tyler Johnson, but yeah, he's a hometown guy. And I think he's a pretty promising young wide receiver too. I mean, he has been not necessarily buried by that depth chart, but I mean that Tampa Bay wide receiver class is just balling. He, he still he, is. He pretty um, much has been buried for the most part for being honest. Yeah. I mean, he's still a young guy still, but like, yeah, I mean, uh, did, did one guy leave? Chris Godwin's still there, right? Didn't he get franchise Chris, tagged? Chris Godwin hasn't left. I'm not sure if he got franchise tagged or not, but I know he's hurt, and I know he won't start the season. Okay, he's on the pup list or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so actually, if, if that's the case, um, geez, I'm, it is probably more surprising that Tampa Bay released him if uh, Chris well, Godwin isn't ready to go well, at you know the start they, of the season. They also signed Julio Jones, too, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Oh, that's right. They brought that's Julio right. Jones. I forgot about um, Julio. But I still don't think they should have cut Tyler Johnson. Um, yeah. I thought that was an interesting move. His number don't jump off the stat sheet. Uh, 2020, he played 14 games. Um, last year, he played um, all 17, but 12 receptions in 2020, 36 receptions last year, um, 360 yards last year, 169 yards in 2020. So his numbers don't jump off the off the sheet here. But I, like we just said, I think it's because he's been buried on the depth chart. I don't think he's really had an opportunity to really go out there and flourish and really, you know, make his make a name for himself on a professional level. We've seen what, he, what he's done out here, though. We yeah. know he can play. Yeah. We know he's a baller. Um, and I honestly, I wouldn't mind it. You know, I'm sad to see uh, BC Johnson go down to that to that injury that really hurt. Yeah. Um, but as a guy, what, what would he be? The third or fourth guy on the on a dev chart as far as our receivers uh, are concerned? Probably better than fourth. Amir Smith Marset. Yeah. But yeah. Him and I, KJ. Yeah, and he's probably not better in KJ at this point. I don't think No, KJ, I wouldn't I put him over KJ. It's close. It's close, but not yeah. He'd I either don't know. be the four or five, in my opinion. But 
Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. With this new KOC offense, they're going to be running three wide receivers a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. what's the harm in having as many as you can? Not I'll you say- know, the, 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 it's not bad to have too much depth at wide receiver yep. in I was this just gonna new say offense. That. Yep. Because just gonna say that. all it's going to take is one little ankle sprain or something mm-hmm. like that, and then you're handicapped for a week, maybe two, maybe three. Who knows? To have the depth there to where you can just go, um, who who uh, is is it a Patriots that next man up or whatever? Just go next yeah. man up. Next man up sure. mentality. You're, yeah. you're going to have your two studs in JJ and Adam Thielen, but KJ Osborne, you know, we, we see what he can do on third down, but mm-hmm. something to happen. Even just like somebody comes in for a breather. You know, JJ... 60-yard reception, diving catch. He lands weird. Wind gets knocked out of him. He's got to be out of play. You bring in somebody else, even just to run a route, you know, to have a body out there. But if they can run a route and possibly be open for Kirk, who has to evaluate his options, you're going to you're gonna need these guys. So I, yeah. I say, what the hell, do it. Especially with, you know, Adam Thielen has a lot of injury history too. And yeah, so, yep. you know, I don't think we can count on him to play every game this year. So, yeah, I think that's a great idea, AJ. I can't believe I didn't think about that myself. Um, but, like, yeah, that's <laughs> it didn't cross my mind. Good but, like, analogy that's honestly, is good. Good everything out yeah, of AJ AJ tonight. is bringing it. He is yeah. bringing it straight from the fair, too, man. I mean, it's impressive. Yeah. It is impressive. If but only yeah. I didn't steamroll him at the beginning of the show. <laughs> no, I, I know man. I just my game off. If I'm, if I'm uh, yeah, chip on your it. shoulder after that. I don't blame you because I disrespected you. Uh, Allen Iverson walking over Tyron Liu. I am, I'm sorry again. Man, I was um, I'm glad we just brought up depth though because uh, this is a conversation we have definitely had on previous podcasts specifically about this one individual but uh, the rumors keep swirling guys about Mr. Alexander Madison want to transition to a little bit of the running back depth because uh, according to Doogie at least six teams have called in about Alexander Madison but then I saw that Chris Thomason upped that up to 12 yesterday (laughs) 12 teams which yeah that's a lot not surprising though he's he's a pretty darn good running back uh, but then uh, NFL reporter, a veteran one, Matt Lombardo, is also reporting that while the Vikings aren't actively shopping him right now, they are definitely listening to offers. Um, guys, let, let's be honest with ourselves. Um, if you are going to trade Alexander Madison, right now is the time to do it. So the Vikings have to make that decision. And, um, you know, there's reasons to, reasons not to. We've had plenty of flashes from Ty Chandler in these two preseason games so mm-hmm. far. He has looked fantastic. He looked really good in the Denver game again. Again, that's against second and third teamers. We'll see how he does against first teamers. Um, we got Kane Wangu, too, obviously. And there's Dalvin Cook. Now, I don't know about you guys at this point, and we've all come in agreement at least a couple times in the last couple of weeks, but maybe our opinions have changed now. Even though you could probably get some darn good value for Alexander Madison right now, I don't want to trade him. Mm. for exactly what you guys just laid out with the wide receivers. Depth. Depth, depth, depth. Because Dalvin Cook ain't the most durable guy. I mean, that's been proven. I mean, sure, he's not as bad as Christian McCaffrey in that Madden durability score that we talked about a couple weeks ago, but I like the safety net of Alexander Madison. So what do you guys think? Are you maybe more on board of trading Madison now because Ty Chandler and Wongu keep flashing? Or are you like me? You want that depth, depth, depth. Uh, Madison is, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. He's the best backup running back in the entire league. Mm. I mean, he is special. Um, but Ty Chandler and Kane, uh, Nwangu, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. <laughs> I, I struggle with it. Um, they have shown us a lot. They've shown us some promise at the running back position enough to the point where I would say, 
I would do exactly what the Vikings are doing right now, which is listening to offers. What is the best offer that I could get? If I could get a solid offer for him, a decent a decent piece, maybe a, a nice high draft pick, I might pull the plug because I don't think it hurts them that much. Like, I'm not afraid if Dalvin Cook goes down and we have to throw um, Kane or Ty out there. I'm, I'm, I'm really not afraid. I, I, I think that they can come in and do the job, especially seeing as though both of them can catch the ball out of the backfield. But more importantly, this is going to be more of a pass-first offense anyway. I don't think we're going to be running running the ball as much as we have ran the ball in the past. And so I would, I would listen to see what's out there. I mean, four running backs, I, and I don't know how many running backs most teams have, but four running backs seems like a lot. It seems like a good amount of backs to have on one roster. Um, I don't think it hurts to move one of them. I don't think it will hurt you to move Madison. I, I, I really don't. Um, I wouldn't just move him for a bag of chips and a granola bar. I wouldn't just move him for anything. But if I got a solid offer, I think I would. I, I think I would pull the plug. What do you think, AJ? Yeah, there's no point. The phones work, I'd imagine, at the <laughs> at the the Vikings facility. So there's no point in having them off the hook. You're you're fielding calls. Just yeah. like, you know, just not you know, to relate this to like the average Joes like us, you could have RB1 in fantasy. But you're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna look at the offers if something pops up, just because you never know. Um, Definitely, if the, is, if the price is right, you're gonna move him. Uh, but I think there's two ways you have to look at this. One is what's more important: do you want to win right now, or do you kind of care about the future? Because do you think subtracting Alexander Madison from this Vikings uh, roster does that make them better or worse? I would say worse. Because if something happens to Dalvin Cook, which we know it's not guaranteed, but it's pretty darn close to, something's going to happen to him at some point this season to where he's going to miss a game or two or three or more. Mm -hmm. Would you rather have Alexander Madison seamlessly stepping into the fold as we've seen him do multiple times over the past few years? Or do you want to rely on Ty Chandler? Not that he can't do it. We just don't know if he can quite yet. Um the other way to look at it is, do you think that the Vikings are in a position to win right now? Do you think that this is a Super Bowl contending team with Alexander Madison on the roster? Does it sway that opinion too much if he's no longer here? If not, for sure. Demand a third round pick. I don't think you're getting anything higher than that. And I think that's still a little lofty. Mm-hmm. You're getting probably a third or a fourth rounder for running back because um, they're not going to move him for anything less in my opinion because right. you've seen what he can do if they can get a third or fourth rounder i think that's about the maybe do a conditional fourth that can become a third if he gets x amount of yards or something like that um or games started or snaps played or whatever but um it, 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 if you i think, i don't think here's yeah, the thing there's I, there might be 12 teams bidding against each other so the Vikings can drive up the price potentially on this. Right. Now, yeah, a third-round pick, man, because Madison himself was a third-round pick, so it's going to be tough to get a third-round pick back from. Maybe the conditional thing could work, though, AJ. You're on to something with that. Um, I, go ahead. It, in terms of, like, the the, the bidding, I, you know, there, I mean, if you own a 2012 Toyota Camry and it's in pretty good shape and it, you know it runs well, and there's a lot of people who need a car because it's a bad car market. Those chips are expensive right now. 
Right. The bidding is going to be there. For the <laughs> right. These analogies There's today, dude. So I'm much. telling you, but he's bringing them. He's bringing them. <laughs> There's only so much that somebody's going to pay for a 2012 Toyota Camry with 100K miles on it. So you know you're not going to take it. You're not going to sell it for a certain, you know, you're looking, you have your bottom floor price, but everybody else that's looking at the car probably has a ceiling price as well. So it's a matter of how well you can get in that range, the highest portion. Um, I, as a, somebody who wants to see the Vikings succeed, I would say just hold on to them right now. Yeah. And, not, and, and that's me saying that right now today um, on August 30th of 2022. That could change in a week. That could change in a month. Um, but right now, I would like to have him hold on to it because we just don't know if Ty Chandler can do it. Uh, but if a team comes out of the skies with a you know a mid to higher third round pick, yeah, you might have to pull the trigger because that's that's too salivating of an offer to to pass up. And that's exactly why I said I I would l- at least listen and hear it out and see mm-hmm. who's giving me the best offer, see what that offer is, and really weigh it. Because yes, technically losing Alexander Madison, especially in the event that Dalvin Cook goes down, does hurt the team, no doubt. Um, but do I think this is a Super Bowl winning team or Super Bowl caliber team with Alexander Madison? Honestly, no, like not yet. I feel like the offense could be Super Bowl caliber offense, but I need to see a little bit more from the defense, which is why I'm looking at this like if you like we brought up, if we can get a third round pick, a high third round pick, maybe for for Alexander Madison. Add some depth to that defense. I think I would I would have to I would have to jump on a third round pick for Alex Madison. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying, going on the record like, for that. I, I would have to jump on that. You get a, sure. you get a nice defensive piece in the third round. This next draft is deep. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, I I, I would jump on that. I, I would jump on that because I, I don't think he tilts the balance for us winning the Super Bowl or not that much to the point where it's like, oh my god, we lose him, we're not gonna win. No, like we're probably still gonna be just about the same team, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. just it's where we'll be a little worse, but yeah. in the long run, if we get a, a third round draft pick and we hit on that third round draft pick, and it's a defensive piece and it helps our defense out, we could go from being a team on the cusp of maybe NFC Championship to a team that's in the NFC Championship to maybe a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, and I just to interject real quick, I think the Super Bowl contention part was just a little over the top, but that that's yeah. the answer. That's you. You answered the question that I meant to ask is. Do you think the subtraction of him sways this team enough as you know because he is as of right now a backup running back? Do you right. think it sways them as a team over enough to where it moves them out of like a certain tier that they are in currently? Because at a certain like you you do have to keep in mind that they're running a business and they have to look at like the future in a sense of the team. You can't just blow everything up and you know, you, you don't want to dig your heels in. But right. the, it's hard because we've seen what he can do in my, mm-hmm. it's, it's tough. Um, but yeah, you, you, if the offer's there, you have to take it. Um, but I don't think subtracting him and, you know, maybe pushing the chips in on Dalvin cook, cause you're paying him the money to do what he has done when healthy Ty Chandler, you're going to have to step in and running backs, maybe in the system that we're going to see aren't as important. Cause you, we know how much Mike Zimmer liked to run the ball last year. Maybe not right. his offense, mm-hmm. but his team likes to run the ball on second and long. KOC probably won't have that same mindset where second and long, we're going to run an inside 
inside Ron, baby. We're going to pound the trenches. You know, he, he's going to want to air that out. And that's what Kirk and JJ and Adam Thielen and all these other wide receivers are going to want to do. So, yeah. um, it, it's, it'll be fun to watch and see. I let, I love the speculation. It gives us something it's reckless to talk about. and it's yeah. very uh, reckless, especially with the, what, two weeks about until, until a uh, season opener. So we, we need mm-hmm. stuff to fill that void. Yeah, until definitely. Then. I, I, I speaking enjoy. of speaking of filling the void, I have something that I want to just bring up to you guys because I'm now since the season is about to start, I'm now thinking big picture. I'm thinking about how the season is going to turn out and where the Vikings will end up. And I'm looking at the schedule and mm-hmm. I want all you guys predictions because I feel oh like boy. next week we'll go into the preview for the Packers game. Sure. So I feel like this is a really good week to just put out what we think the Vikings record will be at the end of the season. I'll start because I have oh the schedule up. I have the schedule up, so I'll let you guys oh get the schedules up and you put us on the spot here the, too. I love it. Yes, because I've been thinking about this for a while now, and I wanted to put it out there. I see seven potential losses on this on this schedule. Seven, mostly to the Eagles, right? Yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have them losing in Philly. I have them. Well, I guess I should wait on the Packers thing, but um, so I have them losing to Philadelphia. I have them losing to the Saints. I have them losing to the Dolphins, especially in Miami. I have them losing to, and this is, I know I kind of dogged them last week, but I do think the Commanders are going to be decent this year. I think they're going to be decent. I think they might shock the Vikings at home. Um, So I think they might sneak that game in. Um, I think they'll lose to Buffalo. I think they will lose to the Colts. And I think they'll lose that second game against Green Bay. If I'm not mistaken, I counted that as seven losses. I got the Vikings going 10 and 7, and I have them winning a playoff game this year. Oh, wow. And making it wow. to at least the divisional round of the postseason. Are they going to win the division or be a wild card team? Put me on the spot or put you on the spot? <laughs> I don't think they're going to win the division. But I think it's going to be really close because I could definitely see the Packers going like 11 and six. I could see I could see it coming down to that last game, January 1st, 325 game. But it's in Lambeau. Oh, bird chili. Perfect. That's the way we like it. It's against Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau. And I do think they fold that game. And end up losing a division, but okay. I still think they make the playoffs this year. And I still think I think with this new offense giving health, I think they win a playoff game this year. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Um, well, I guess I just got to go through this too and compare it to. So your record is ten and seven. Ten and seven. Ten and seven. Okay. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, let's chalk up that first uh, first game against Green Bay as a W. Why not? They'll be motivated to play them. And frankly, um, Packers. A little bit of controversy with the wide receiver situation there. No, uh, Aaron Rodgers Adams, has yeah. been quite vocal. Now, he's also come come to their aid a little bit, too. But, you know, when Aaron Rodgers doesn't like something, he will make sure that the media knows it. Uh, I mean, sure, there's always drama with their Packers. As long as he is the starting quarterback of that team, there's always drama. And in terms of regular season success, uh, they've overcome a lot. Playoff success, now that's a whole different story. I personally think the Packers are not going to be nearly good as they have been the last three seasons. Mm. I think they're 
bound to decline a little bit. I mean, this first three seasons from Matt LaFleur have just been, I mean, I think he has a better record in the first three seasons than uh, Lombardi did. Yeah, It's crazy. He's, it's bound to come down just a little bit. Um, so I'm going to say, I, I, nah, I don't have a record prediction for the Packers, but I'm going to say we get that first win on week one in Philadelphia. Hmm. I'm going to chalk that up as a loss, not because I want to get in a fight with Artis Woods today, but because the Eagles, man, speaking of another team that had a lot of moves and cut day, man, you guys made some trades. You made a, what's the name of that safety for the Saints that you guys just picked up? Uh, CJ Gardner Johnson okay. from the Saints. Because I, I, know, I know you re- released Anthony Harris, former Viking. Yes. Uh, is Jalen Rager still on the team? You know, it was rumored that he was going to get traded to the Vikings today. I, I did see that, that too. For like a fifth round for like pick. A fifth, yes. And I'm like, I'm not giving up a fifth round pick for <laughs> Jalen freaking Rager. I think he was a first round pick and people are like, we don't want to give up a fifth for him. Yeah, it's no, just no, crazy. But yeah, that, he, that was there was talks of that today. Lots of was, stuff. That would have been very interesting to talk about today, but it didn't happen. Yes. So. Stay tuned for our uh, after Eagle show here on Taxi Squad for all that news. <laughs> We're going to be on that. Or the Score North TikTok channel. Maybe there's a lot of Eagle news on there, too. All right, so week three against Detroit. I'll chalk that up as a win, even though you just... you got to be careful with inter-divisional uh, opponents. Even if it's Detroit, man, they have always been pesky with the Vikings. They were pesky at home last year as well. Then, uh, I believe, off to London to take on the Saints. And, man, we're lucky we don't have to go to the Superdome for that. Um, I'm going to give that a win, too. So I got the mm. Vikings at 3-1 and one right now. Um Sure, Jameis is back, but there's still a lot of question marks with that Saints team. There really are. How healthy and really how much back will Michael Thomas be? I'm most intrigued about uh, if he's going to be any semblance of the former receiver he used to be because when Michael Thomas was on, he was the best in the league. Yeah, He, he was the best in the league. Okay, so then, uh, man, three. well, if you count the uh, New Orleans game and London, that's a home game, I guess. But then home against Chicago? Man, I am just drinking Kool-Aid tonight, boys. I am going with a win right there against the Bears. The Bears should be bad. Again, pesky division rival. Might not be a blowout, even though the Bears should be really, really bad and blowoutable. Uh, We'll see how that goes, but I'll chalk that up as a win for the Vikings. But it can't keep going good for this long, man. we got to give them a loss eventually, so I'll go ahead and chalk it up of a Wheat Six loss in Miami. Very intrigued by Miami. Well, we'll see if Tua can step up. He's got all the weapons. The excuses are done. Um, Yeah, I expect Miami to be a pretty good team this year. And you know what? I kind of expect a chip on that shoulder from that team because Brian Flores got fired for no good reason whatsoever. I would not be surprised if the players on that team, his former players, want to ball out for him this season because that whole situation was a bunch of bull. Yeah. All right. So at the bye week, I'm I'm four and two. Home against Arizona. Hmm. You know, I think D Hop will be back for this game. Yes, he will. I'm going to chalk that up as a loss. I really am. Uh, bye weeks have not been friendly to the Vikings coming out of them in history. And uh, again, this is with former regimes, so maybe it'll be a little bit different uh, with these guys. But yeah, D Hop will be back. Honestly, I think with the whole situation with Kyler too, I think he's going to play a little motivated this season. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that man got embarrassed by that contract clause that came out. Yeah. All right. So then on to Washington. Unlike you, artists, I'm going to chalk that up as a W. I think Carson Wentz is he's know, cooked, but their defense is solid though. That's the one thing that's got me like. Mm-hmm. If Chase Young, he I believe he's going to miss the first four games here, recovering from that ACL. He should if he be back by will this be game. Any semblance of himself. Um, yeah, that might be a problem. Um, but I just I just don't trust Washington at this point. But yeah, we'll see later I on. That. I uh, that. Loss at Buffalo. Loss at Buffalo. I don't need to get too much into that. I just think Buffalo is a really good team. 
Uh, so we got the Vikings at five and four. Home against Dallas. Man, the Vikings always have w. a problem. W. Well, yeah, you're the Eagles fan. You would say that. Um, But the Vikings have a problem with Dallas at home. Yeah. The Cooper Rush game last year. Um, They even lost the, the, I believe Dallas was at home again, and they lost to them also. And then there was a game like six years ago. The Vikings have a problem with Dallas at home. I'm actually going to, I'm going to, I'm going to chalk that up as a loss. I got that five and five right now. Mm. Uh, Home against New England, though. Um, That's a primetime game against Bill Belichick. KOC might want to get revenge against his old head coach. Let's do that. Let's chalk that up as a win. I don't care. Yeah, six and five. I like that. Home against the Jets. That's easy. That's another win. Seven and five. Uh, on the road against Detroit. I'll chalk that up too as a W. So a good little winning streak now by the Vikings here. Three straight. Uh, then versus Indy. Indy might be a pretty dang good team this year, man. I think Indy is going to be really good this year. I think year. this might be the year they finally overtake the Titans to win the South. I think I think so the too. Titans are going to decline. Because I don't think Ryan Tannehill is getting any better or really any worse either. Um, no AJ Brown over there. Uh, yeah, I know I'm, I'm gonna gotta, go. I'm gonna go with Colts because Jonathan Taylor's awesome. Michael Pittman's only gonna get better. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk that up as a loss for the Vikings. Home against the Giants, that'll be a win because by then Daniel Carlson probably won't be the starting quarterback anymore. Then on the road uh, to Green Bay, I will chalk that up as a loss, not because it's cold, but just because yeah, it's. Green Bay, late in the season, probably implications there, and yeah, it's it's always tough to play in Green Bay. But then home against Chicago, I will wrap that up as a win for the Vikings. So, as it turns out, artists, I think we did it a little bit differently, but I also have the Vikings at 10-7. and 7. Interesting. There we go. Alright, AJ, your turn. Oh, where it? There we go. There we go. There All we right. go. Mm-hmm. Man, the anticipation was killing me. <laughs> um, I'm going to have, if one of you guys could just do a little tally mark for me, because I'm going to do this just off the top of the dome. I didn't know we were you got doing it. this, so I'm going to. You got it. I'm not perfect. I'm gonna yeah, my lose. bad. I ain't mean no, to put you on fine. the spot. That's exactly, like, no, see, I, I, like, I got my tallies right here. I did exactly, exactly what you're thinking of, AJ. Because so, I'm ready I when would, you are. If you gave me more than 10 minutes, I'm going to overthink it. So I, I want to do <laughs> like initial reaction here. I know. I should right, okay, Sorry. In just a preface, when I do these preseason, like, expect, I go probably less uh optimistic than most people would so okay if this turns out not great i don't want you to get mad i'm just i like Let's to score north though. i like to surprise myself so here we go um, beware uh minnesota sports fans he's gonna say like two in like 15 so <laughs> two and 15 for the vikings miss play i like your strategy cotton i like it we'll see how it pays <laughs> off in the second half go ahead week week one is a loss at home to green bay you haven't seen the first teamers implement uh, in like full speed KOC's new system. They're going to get off the ground a little too late. Last week, one to Green Bay. Uh, Primetime at Philly. Absolutely not. There is 0% <laughs> chance that the Vikings are winning that game with you. I, if, if they do, Oof. I would love, I would love it, but there's no shot. Um, they will rebounding at their first win of the season against Detroit. The the week four game in London is so weird because there's there's no rationality there. The time like the body clocks are so offset. Um, like Jameis Winston is a guy who you get over there, he eats a little fish and chips, and then all of a sudden he plays like w- prime Joe Montana. Like yeah. because of what I preface, they're gonna lose. So at this point, they're <laughs> what one and three? One and yes. three. Yes. They will they will beat Chicago at home. I'm not convinced by the defense yet, and I think Miami's offense will be very good this year. Surprisingly good. So I have them losing at Miami 
um, in week six before the bye. Oof. Two and I four into the bye. Oof. I also have them losing out of the bye against Arizona because D-Hop will be back, have a week to buffer and get back up to speed. And Kyler Murray is going to be doing his homework by this point. So I have them, what was this, one and seven? Uh, you're two and six, actually. Yeah, two and two six. And six. Yeah, They're going to be Washington. The... I have no faith in Washington. The commanders okay. are going to command nothing but a zero <laughs> on the scoreboard. Um, they're going to lose to Buffalo. They're going to get embarrassed by Buffalo. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be bad. Um, home against Dallas is very interesting. If this was on the road, I would say they lose. But I think they're going to beat Mike McCarthy. Is because is Mike McCarthy still the coach there? Yeah, yeah. live and kicking. Yeah, yep. that's, that's he. He might be the most forgettable coach in, like in Dallas history. Um, <laughs> they they are going to beat the Dallas Cowboys. That is my one like optimistic pick. I'd say and I even there. I think it's a coin toss. They're going to beat New England. They're going to beat the Jets. They're going to beat Detroit. They're going to lose to Indianapolis. Beat the Giants. Lose at Lambeau. And the last one is so tough because they should win it. But it's at Soldier Field. It's at Soldier Field. And they always play bad at Soldier Field. Always. They're going to win, but it's going to come down to a clock-expiring Greg Joseph field goal in the frigid, frigid temperatures and wind of Chicago. Love They're going to win, but it's going to be like that. Nail-biter. I see. Nail so what, I am see. I, what am I at there? Is that is, uh, that's not double digit wins? Is it that can't? Be. No, that's eight and nine. If Ooh, my math yeah. is correct, that's eight and nine, low. which that's... isn't that's not far off from my, it's. It started off really dire there at, point, at two <laughs> yeah. and six. Yeah, I, I, I want to say that that, could, that could easily bump to that could easily reverse and be nine and eight. But I think I think eight and nine is about the ballpark. I think they're I think they're just gonna be slow out of the gate with this new offense. Fair. Yeah. It's if first they, year. It's fair enough. If they start off two and six, heads are going to be rolling. I would guess oh, Garrett absolutely. Bradbury. I'm guessing Garrett Bradbury would be gone by then. Already. Oh yeah, after the first I'm, game, I'm guessing that would contribute to that particular problem. <laughs> yeah, after the first um, game, it's a wrap. Right, I really exactly. hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong, but that's that's what I'm going to go with. So you can hate fair. me all you want in the comments and everybody like that. Uh, but like I said, I pre- I, I want to be surprised. I'd rather I would prefer to be wrong in the biggest way. But if I'm right, oh, that's gonna be amazing. Yeah, very good. Yeah, fun stuff. Um, one of Definitely. us, pen to paper. Have, one of us should have the uh, like after this, make a like a, a graphic that we can stash away for later in the season to like, we you know, um, week by week predict. Sure, like, you got this sure. right. Whatever. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Perfect. Yeah, sure. we can definitely I, do that. I, see, I would like I would like to do a old takes exposed come like week eighteen. Oh yeah, for sure. We can do Perfect. that for sure. Most likely will because I'm I'm definitely kind of gonna probably be wrong in a lot of this kind of stuff. So. Yeah, love it. Um, but it's always fun to do though. Yes. Especially season's yeah. about to start. Like I said, yes. next week we're probably gonna do a Packer preview, so Packer game preview. Oh, so can't wait. Yeah, that's that's gonna be fun. Can't wait. Do you guys mind if I just talk about the Twins for just two seconds? Go right. Uh, ahead. All, all I have to say, and uh, AJ chime in whenever you want to on this, is just hey, the offense. There it is. There it is. Finally. It's finally starting to do something. Sure, it didn't look good down in Houston, but then a sweep of the Giants. That was great. Uh, they won the first game against the Red Sox. They're playing them right now, top of the seven. Twins are up eight to five. So, again, that's offense is finally here. And uh, I was kind of wondering, like, uh, 
man, the, the pitching's been great for the Twins lately. The bullpen seems to be finally figured out. But where's the offense? Where's the offense? Well, seems to finally be coming up. And I think a big reason for that, guys, is Mr. Carlos Correa is finally here. He is hitting 135 in his past 15 and 345 in his past seven. We have been talking about all season here across Score North and a bunch of other platforms that cover the Twins. We've kind of been wondering where Carlos Correa has kind of been offensively and when will those signature moments be coming? He had a really clutch hit against the Giants and extra innings. That was awesome. And he's been putting up a ton of really good stats. Finally, like just, I, I think maybe he might even realize that maybe Byron Buxton won't be coming back for a while. I know he's on the 10 day IL with that hip, but that might be a longer thing. We'll see. And maybe Correa in his mind was like, all right, I'm the leader of this team. I'm going to step up. And it looks like it's finally happening. We're finally getting those Carlos Correa signature moments. that I think a lot of twins fans have been waiting for, and this is the perfect time for it to be happening. We are in the middle of this pennant race. We're a game and a half back of the division. Cleveland is still just doing Cleveland things. They're so pesky. The White Sox, they're pretty much out of it. They're under 500 again. I, I think the White Sox are pretty much dead and buried, even if, you know, they still are only like four or five games out. But it's still there for the taking. We didn't know if the offense was going to show up. A lot of people were pessimistic about that. But it looks like it finally is. Now, granted, the Giants and the Red Sox aren't the greatest of teams. They're not on Houston's level or the Yankees, who the Twins have to play pretty soon. But it was getting a little dire for Twins fans about this offense. And these last several games, it looks like it's finally starting to click. And hopefully they can use that to power their way to an AL Central title. Because, again, that still looks like it's going to be the most likely way they make the playoffs. The wildcard teams are going to be probably better than whoever wins the AL Central. So this is very encouraging. They need to keep it up, and they need to do it when they start playing better teams here in the next few days. I'm glad you said that about the AL Central. The AL Central is a joke this year. This, it's been this, the worst I've ever seen it. This division it really is. is pathetic. I just am looking right now compared to like the AL East. The last place Red Sox and the AL East are, are, are they're currently 16 games back of the Yankees. They would be six games back of the Guardians right now in contention in a sense down this final stretch. That is pathetic. The AL Central is a joke. Every each whatever team that wins it is losing in the first round. They're going <laughs> they're just, they're not even going to win a game. Um, oh, oh come on! We need one playoff no, game. There's one, no, please. You know, no team that comes out of the AL Central is winning this year. <laughs> then um, the streak continues, I guess. Oh, it's, the it's, because because who are they going to play? They're going to go and play what the wild a wild. They get home team. games, won't they? Because they won the division, right? But they get to play that series at home at gonna, least. It's not going to matter. Not that Target wins. Field is a great home field advantage. It's not the, the dome. Guard, okay, I just say the Guardians. Literally, their pitching might steal them a game if the Twins. If the, it's just going to be the whole curse thing or the, the streak <laughs> thing. And, and it's not, it's not even a curse. It's just, it's just Minnesota twins are not good in the postseason. It's not a curse. It's just, they're bad. No. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's so, it's so tough. Uh, just looking at those stand. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. Cause it, imagine being like a blue Jays fan. You're seven and a half games back. You're battling for a wild card. I spot. Know. You would be winning the AL central by two games. Well, and think about it. If they still had the old format, AJ, then the blue Jays would be like gunning for a single game to play as opposed to now that we have more teams in the playoffs, a series. So it would have been even more just like, you gotta be kidding me, man. I, I this reminds me of the 2005 National League West, where if I'm not mistaken, either the Padres or the Dodgers won that division, won it with an 82 and 80 record. 82 and 80, two games over 500. 
I'm pretty sure that was back in 2005. I remember that uh, little sports almanac I had as a kid, and it was right (laughs) at the 2005 standings, right in there. That got burned in my memory for some reason. So it's a it's it's a joke. And again, the Twins made a lot of moves at the deadline to you know win this joke of a division. So if they don't win this joke of a division, then what a joke that will be. Except nobody will be laughing. We'll have pitchforks and torches, and we'll be angry about stuff. So, yeah. But again, here we go. Here we go. Hold on. Oh, are you looking at Fangraphs? I'm looking at. I want to just see what the projected. What are are they projected? Um, Oh, this is terrible. I gotta scroll so far down. Like this is terrible. Here, Guardian. Last time I checked, it was in like the forties. 40% 40% or something like that. It was like as low as 24. They're projected it got really, really low. Five games, 85 games. They're they're projected to win one game is? over the Twins with an 85 and 77. This, oh my God, that's a trick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's so bad. You gotta love baseball. You gotta love baseball, man. <laughs> Wolf. Stuff like this can happen. Stuff like this can happen. That's uh, let, let's transition to a little bit more as we wrap up the show. A little bit more encouraging news because MNUFC guys, they just don't stop. They just don't stop a two-one win over Houston. Now I know Houston ain't the ain't the best of teams out there. There's definitely competing for a playoff spot, but they just keep finding ways to win. Goals by Reynoso and Amarillo. A couple of big saves by Dave Sinclair. And I got to ask you this, AJ. I, I really have to ask you this as a casual supporter of MNUFC, and I'm getting more into them. I've got my MNUFC pullover. I'm wearing that right now. I want to ask you about Frago Fragapane and Luis Amarillo. Because also, just just a quick clarification for you. And for uh, oh. Reynoso's goal, which you said actually was credited as an own goal by Fafa Pico oh. because of the deflection. Excuse so me. He does get credited, I want to say, with an assist technically. But uh, Luis okay. Amaria records the lone like dedicated goal for okay. uh, Minnesota. But that okay. that whole match before you before you ask your question, they played really, really not not poorly. They just didn't look in control for the most hmm. part for the first like 70 minutes, 75 minutes. And then they were, they just flipped the switch and they're like, all right, I guess we should win now. So yeah, a uh, nice little free kick gets, gets the ball rolling. And then kind of before uh, Jonathan Dan had a, had time to settle down, Luis Maria just, I mean, he's been so hot recently. It, him and Franco Fragapane have been unbelievable on that front, obviously with Reynoso up there as well. But that that just front three with the complimentary of uh, Bangugle Langwane have been just tearing it up for a team that in past years have been like, it's a, it's a great night at the field. If they're scoring two, like that is like, you're going home. Like, wow, this offense is buzzing. No, they're, they're scoring two or more. It seems consistently now at ease. It's, it's such a luxury. And I'm sure after the rough start to the season, um, this past, like now two months or so uh, of the loons have been just a breath of, great air for all the supporters so um yeah big win in the sense that they came back in the final 20 ish minutes to uh close that one out but um let's i don't know exactly where they sit in the standings i know they're still going to be in the third spot i believe third in the west yep and they have 44 in hand over fc dallas which is amazing uh trailing austin fc by uh seven points only which could absolutely close if austin stumbles down the stretch because their final i want to say four matches are just they're tough they're gonna drop points if in minnesota i'm not saying they have softballs but they've got games that they should win especially one or two on the road that could close and they could maybe squeak up to that two spot and really threaten for a better seating and um down the stretcher so it'll, it'll be fun but sorry your yeah. question about fragapone 
No, I just, I mean, I think they've just been the energizer bunnies of this team the last several, several weeks. It, mm-hmm. They're just so noticeable. Um, and man, that bicycle kick that they almost had, that was, that was, that was not to be, uh, what, uh, was one of them offsides in that situation? I forget. I remember there was the, the other really nice touch pass by Fragapane to Amarillo too, that, um, Amarillo was offside in that situation. Either way, both of those goals didn't count, but there just seems like a very obvious chemistry between those two guys. And it seems really infectious. Sure. You got Reynoso doing his thing and he's still uh, one of the best players in the entire league and is an MVP candidate this season. But in terms of just the spark that has been necessary for MNUFC to keep pulling out these wins the last few weeks, it's, I feel like it's really centered around Frago and Luis. It's just been so noticeable when I've been watching games and been watching highlights. It's been awesome to watch. Yeah. On the, uh, on the bicycle kick you were talking about, he just missed. It is what the main thing oh, there that, was. Okay, it was just a mess. It was. But just I know, a mess. I know okay. the offsides when you're talking about. Um, but no, it's uh, they they've it, in soccer they they call it finding form in this run of form because the 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 age old phrase is form is temporary but class is permanent. Like if you're class, you are you consistently go out there. And I feel like in terms of the MLS, Reynoso is class. Mm-hmm. not world-class, but he's class. He's MLS class. But Franco Fragapane, Luis Samaria, they have been on a run of form along with the team that is like it. They just cannot be denied. They will go out there and they will find a way to find the back of the net once or twice guaranteed. So yeah. um, to have them be on this run of form and being able to play off each other to where they can just easily go out there and you're, you're like, okay, well, as long as the rest of the team can maybe limit a goal, maybe two, like they're picking up a point, they're getting a result. So, um, it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's been fun to watch, especially with how Reynoso and now before it was just Reynoso was the guy to watch. And so you have to mark him in that you can worry about the other guys once they get the ball, but because these guys have now been on this run of form and they're looking so much better and they're such a threat, you have to spread the defense out in terms of the other team so much more. So you have to focus on multiple guys at once, which in turn is going to open because Franco, he's not, he he's, he is quick, but in, in terms of Bongi on the uh, right wing side, he is quicker than essentially anybody else on the field. He will mm-hmm. blaze past you. So we yeah. have to draw and focus. If you can get the, the ball on that left, uh, left side, you're going to have him streak behind the back line. It's it, all it takes is a pass or you're going to open it up and get him a little space they get down there to that final third, and uh, it's just a matter of tic-tac-toe, and they're going to find the back of the net. So it's yeah. been a lot of fun, and to have the through balls that uh, Reynoso can can get through, it's been uh, it's been a fun time to watch. So hopefully they continue it, and as I pull it up here, they are going to be back in action. Um, this will be posted tomorrow. on Tuesday night, so they're back in action tomorrow night. Uh, Real Salt Lake, that should be a win in my opinion. Real Salt Lake is not uh, a bad team. But uh, they're they're on the road. I, they should pick up a point. Let me say that they should pick up a point. But I think they, they I think they can win it. Um, so we'll have to see mm-hmm. how that one goes. Yeah, uh, we'll actually have another game to talk about next week too because they play Dallas on Saturday as well. That's uh, gonna o'clock. be a fun one to watch because yeah. if they can if they can right steal there. all three yeah. points there. It is at home. Um, they have two games in hand right now. Um, as of right now, I should say they're gonna lose one of those by the end of tomorrow night's game. But if they can get points, that is gonna be 
so that's going to go such a far way in helping them maintain that three spot and just continually help them lock yeah. up home field advantage for that first round of the playoffs. So uh, a big, I think the, the game of the week will be Saturday against Dallas, but if they can get um, even a point on the road against real salt Lake, I would say that's a, uh, you're, you're getting back on the plane yep. with the satisfaction in your heart. So. Yes, sir. So that game, Real Salt Lake, Wednesday, August 31st, 8 o'clock pregame on 1500 ESPN, scorenorth.com, scorenorth app. Uh, the kickoff will be at around 8.30. Then that Saturday game against Dallas, 2 o'clock pregame on 1500 ESPN, scorenorth.com, scorenorth app. Around 2.30, that'll get kicked off. I think this will be our longest podcast ever, gentlemen. We've gone on a long time, and I still feel bad that I completely steamrolled over AJ. So I am done talking now until next week, and I'm not going to say any words at all until AJ has fully introduced himself on the show next week, and then (laughs) I can come in and say whatever unimportant things I have to say. So uh, I'm going to sign off for the night, and you guys can wrap up the show. And AJ, again, I'm so sorry. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, for artists and myself, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, uh, yeah before we uh, go ahead and do wrap it up, once again, make sure to leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you listen uh, to all your podcasts. It's greatly appreciated, and it goes a long way in helping us kind of climb the charts and just get more recognition for other sports fans trying to find Minnesota sports. Um, so thank you very much for listening. Artists, any final words before we wrap it up? I'm looking forward to week one of the- of the NFL season. Yes. Also, Wolves basketball is approaching very soon. Yeah. Also, Gopher football is approaching very soon as well. Yeah. So we'll have to dive into that pretty soon as well. But for now, that that is all. I'll just leave you guys with that. All right. So for Jason and Artis, this has been another episode of Taxi Squad. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week.